This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Make mistakes like that, and look what's happened. Barisha. Inside 40 seconds, it's an error which Michael Keane has to deal with and England have to come back from. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and joining me for what is just uh, a bit of a catch-up, because it's been a, a while, uh, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome Hello. back. Hello. Welcome back after the international break. Thank uh, you. It's, it's actually been, what is it, a couple of weeks since we've actually recorded? I think so, yeah. Because uh, when we recorded episode 84, it actually uh, I put it out pretty much a week after we recorded it, So because uh, I went away. This isn't a regular show, so if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, I suggest you go uh, back to episode 84 for a taste of uh, what it's normally like. Uh, this is more just catching up, getting us up to speed before we get into the West Ham game after the international break. So we'll just uh, discuss briefly uh, a few of the uh, the topics that have sprouted over the last couple of weeks. Kicking off, uh, I think, uh, with Mings and England. Uh, didn't actually start, but uh, I think we mentioned on the show that this would probably be a case of being drip fed into the squad just to uh, get a taste of what it's what it was like. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming you saw what happened uh, in the England game. And I, yes. I think there's definitely a potential opportunity for him there, isn't there? I think so. In terms of um, where England lack at the back in terms of you know a natural left-footed player he's obviously a you know physical presence a good athlete and all that but as far as you know Southgate wants to play out from the back but he doesn't seem to have a natural left footer and Keane and Maguire especially look dreadful on the ball yeah, yeah I, the mean, first, I mean the first goal is just like what Keane's had a shocker there yeah, isn't he dreadful and uh, I, I, yeah, I still think I think Mings is better than 
Maguire. I don't know if you're allowed to say that out loud. Yeah, but, you are. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if you're not allowed <laughs> to say that, I'll tell you what you can say, that Man United have had their pants pulled down royally, haven't they, there? <laughs> 70 million quid, come off it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think because he looks got like famous. a bargain, doesn't he? In comparison, at the moment, I mean, Maguire is all right, but he, I think he got uh, his his value probably went up just because of that uh, meme that uh, keeps circulated, where he's kind of leaning on to the side there in his England kit, talking to his girlfriend. You don't need to spend seventy million on a lad, though, do you? No, exactly. You kind of prefer a lad that can actually pass the ball a bit. But I think, uh, I mean, while we're speaking about England, I think they're uh, pretty much coasting through. I can't see the yeah. Checks I mean, I think it was one of those doing um, any. No, I think I think the Kosovo trip will be a, a tricky one, but it's a str- it was a strange game really because the um, you know, they, they they breezed through the Bulgaria one like a training exercise, and then the the Kosovo one was just a bit of a strange start. But once they were was it five one up at half time, and then you thought this will just be a, a boring second half, and they just switched off. It's a very sort of sloppy performance, and defensively, I thought England were pretty poor throughout, and Kosovo were quite plucky, as they say, but just so naive at the back you know every time England had the ball you thought they were going to score and probably should have scored a couple more really obviously you know Kane Kane misses his penalty and Sterling misses an absolute sitter who's that number 14 who scored the first two goals for Kosovo Berisha considering Villa's uh, shortfall uh, up front uh, I thought uh, I quite like the look of old uh, Valen Berisha I think he plays for Lazio at the moment doesn't he took both of them Really well as well. They're cracking finishes. It's one of those strange games where you know Pickford didn't actually have very much to do other than pick the ball out of his net three times. Hasn't he played for? I think he's played for Norway. I think he was born in Sweden. He's played for Norway, if I'm not mistaken, and now he plays for Kosovo. So uh, work that one out. Strange but, uh... upgrade. But they did play. <laughs> they did play some surprisingly good football. I don't. I didn't really know what to expect from them, to be brutally honest. But they were. They were really technically quite a good side. Yeah, I mean, you know, as traditionally as teams, you know, from the area. I mean, you know, going back to the old Yugoslavian team, uh, always have been technically very good and potentially should have won more because they were technically really good they were used to be like the brazilians of europe but just their temperament always seemed to let them down they weren't very good at toughing it out but yeah uh, he, he actually spent time apparently on trial at villa who hasn't though the more the more you look into uh this player uh Berisha, who scored the first two goals for uh kosovo the more interest i think they should do a film about him because he seems They'll to have be, dan uh, walker over there next <laughs> Quite a fascinating uh, story, considering yeah he's he's played over forty appearances for various Norwegian uh, age specific sides. You know we're talking about under twenty ones, etc. So uh, I can't understand how he switched to uh, Kosovo. Got away with it. Hmm. I don't know how he's managed to switch from Norwegian to Kosovo, having been born in Malmo in Sweden and also trialed at Villa. He would be actually uh, judging from his performance against England, he'd be quite useful at the moment as an option. I think he's. He's kind of a midfielder for Lazio. He'll be useful considering the lack of depth uh, Villa have got up front. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on from that. But yeah, Mings, uh, I think there is a real potential there because you know uh, Stones uh, hasn't actually been 100% on the money for England. I mean, he made a few gaffes in the uh, European nations games, and obviously uh, Keane and Maguire f- far from. Uh, 
let's say solid. So uh, every chance for Mings, he's, I think he's just got to uh, keep up the performances uh, for Villa and uh, the next international break next month. Uh, he, he might be in for a show. Yeah, if not, if not in the uh, if not in the competitives, I think in the next friendly you'll definitely see him get a run out. Yeah, it's a bit like Southgate when he came out of nowhere because obviously he came to Villa as a as a midfielder for Palace and Brian Little switched him to a centre back and he was. It was just at the right time for England because England didn't have. Uh, they were, you know, they were looking for somebody who was a bit more, let's say, more of a ball player, and there weren't actually a, a queue of such players. So uh, I think Mings might have that similar situation where he can, uh, even though you know normally it's like top six teams that always uh, garner favour. It might be uh, a similar thing to Southgate where he just, you know, it just stands out as as, as a no brainer to. Uh, I think slide he's him an obvious there. choice to have in a squad, isn't he? Just because he's, a, he's just because the left foot option yeah uh one man who uh may or may not be in the next england squad mr jack Grealish, turned 24 uh, during the international break uh did an interview with the athletic which is uh, obviously this american uh, setup where basically uh well, it's behind a paywall but they've managed they've spent a lot of money culling a lot of uh, journalists from different uh, nationals and local newspapers and one of the Birmingham Mail's chaps has gone there. Mr. Evans, Greg Evans, uh, interviewed uh, Mr. Grealish. And s- some interesting things in in the interview, basically talking about the uh, his time in the championship and how he was how he's been a bit of a marked man. But uh, I mean, from the off, uh, as we've said on this show, he hasn't really uh, hit the ground running uh, this time round in the Premier League, has he? And he's he's admitted it himself. He said he's not really taken enough risks so far to quote no. him. I need to start doing it again. That's when I've been at my best playing off the cuff with freedom and not thinking too much, but of course in the right areas and at the right time. That's the big thing, isn't it? I think most pundits, most fans, everyone would say the same, is that Villa need to get Grealish 10, 15 yards at least further up the field and influencing yeah, the game in the right exactly. point. There's no point in having him taking the ball off the centre-back. We've also discussed the possibility of uh, Nakamba once he's up to speed potentially playing alongside Louise against let's say the top four teams uh, when we need like let's say uh, to reinforce that midfield and probably put two uh, defensive midfielders in there and in terms of Grealish that would probably leave him going out on the on the left uh, side uh, and he's actually said uh, you know some people say I should be a left winger no thanks I hate that position I'm a number eight I'll play 10 if asked, but I haven't played there for three years. So he sees himself as as the man in the middle, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he is. He just he floats around, doesn't he? He's, he's kind of like you know that kind of Gascoigne type player where he just influences the game wherever he can. You said you you would prefer him playing in that number 10 position. Yeah, I'd, I'd, the, if you were going to play a, a two, I'd get him as far up the field as you can, really. Knowing that McGinn, McGinney's yeah. good at sort of driving you from deep anyway you'd get Grealish up as far up the third and keep him up there rather than you know it's, it shouldn't it shouldn't necessarily be his his job to take the ball off the center backs that should be Nakamba or Louise or Hurahan or whoever yeah, yeah. and I think it, it, it would potentially getting him closer to Wesley or whoever that focal point of the attack is would probably help the team yeah, I think it's going to be interesting uh, in the next batch of games, uh, bef- you know, before the next international break, because Smith's had his men, uh, his forward men, he's had a chance to do a lot of work with them uh, during the international break. So this will obviously uh, potentially benefit Grealish, and hopefully we'll see uh, a bit more snap in his play uh, in the upcoming games. Uh, I-, I thought it's quite funny what he said about Will Vokes. Yeah, trying to woo him. So I think he's now at 
Cardiff, but uh, I think he was in Rotherham, yeah. wasn't he, last season? He's, when uh, Grealish was on about being a marked man and uh, actually keeping his cool over the heavy challenges, and he said, what does make me angry is when players do things off the ball. Will Vokes kept telling me I was sexy. It happened a few times, weird I was actually warned about him. Apparently, he'd done something similar to Mason Mount at Derby the week before. He tried the off-the-ball stuff like standing on my toes. He didn't do it hard, but uh, he was just trying to put me off. Not exactly Vinnie Jones on uh, Paul Gascoigne routine, where obviously he was grabbing his bollocks at uh, any opportunity. But it's, I mean, it's an old trick, isn't it? You just you put your, your hard man on uh, the guy that the play flows through, which obviously in our case is uh, Grealish. So he's obviously going to be, uh, they're going to try to put him off. But he seems to relish that challenge. He likes and, the rough and tumble, uh, doesn't he? He seems to relish getting a good kick in and he always gets back up with a smile on his face and just goes at it again, which is which is great to yeah. see because I think when he was, certainly when he first came into the team, he, would, he was a lot more sort of reactive and he'd get pissed off. Now I think he just, he's obviously physically more developed and he, he relishes the relishes the challenge yeah and he, he says certain players just watch a little bit of football but he said he's he pretty much watches you everything see that on his instagram don't you all, he, all you see him is him just watching random games of football like you can have him like <laughs> bantering john mcginn as he's watching st mirren or any old any old crap he probably watches like non-league football on a friday night it's always good to be a student of the game well it's so a nice to novelty to know he's staying in and behaving himself as well yeah Ooh. or is he maybe he's paying somebody just to do that instagram account sitting on what his a great couch. job that is I mean, I'm just saying, I've never seen Dan Rogers and Jack Grealish in the room at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Very good And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The only other thing, there was an interview with uh, Roberto Di Matteo. I didn't actually uh, read it because I'm not that bothered. But uh, there was a quote about Roberto Di Matteo on his time at Villa. And he said, I was pissed off when it ended at Villa. We spoke about a project and agreed that the first season was going to be tough. The playoffs were the aim and I believe we would have got there. Obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I, I think with Matteo, I was surprised, considering uh, Nigel Pearson, they'd done the due diligence on him and he was basically in until Dr. Tony suddenly came on the scene. The fact that they dismissed all that homework on Pearson to get their own man in to Matteo, I, I was surprised they didn't give him that long. And they clearly, they, they backed him, didn't they, as well? Which was strange. They, they backed him financially and then just didn't give him any time. I mean, to caveat that, I, I, I mean, you know, wrote about it enough on the site that I wasn't uh, convinced by De Matteo from I don't day many words to be honest. Uh, it was a bit. Of, it was a strange one. It, I think it was a uh, a vanity. Well, it was a he'd won the Champions I mean, League think, and whatever else. But in yeah. terms of, there was no indication that he was going to do a good job at Villa. The main stat I dug out was the fact that he'd never completed a second season at any She's team as a manager, bad. and. Uh, 
And then you That's look, you look back right now the, the spending he did, um, and the guys he brought in, and bar Chester, the rest of them were generally a disaster. I mean, Codger that first season you'd say was a success, but has, has since faded. But he's probably paid his fee just about. But in terms of like McCormack, Tish Bowler, and all these guys, Elphick to a certain extent, it wasn't a good look. Yeah, speaking of Chester and Codger, I mean, let's have a look at the the, the Hammers game. I mean, we're not we'll do a, something of a half assed preview. We're not going to go into it too deep because it's it's almost a waste of time doing preview shows on as a podcast because by the time they're up uh, a couple of days, they're out of date and you know they're irrelevant uh, pretty pretty quickly. But we'll talk about it in the. I mean, we mentioned uh, Codger and uh, Chester there, and they obviously came out of. Dean Smith's uh, press conference uh, with updates on both of those players. Uh, Codger, we obviously knew, was just about to return, but then had a bit of a uh, run-in with Marvellous Nakamba in training. Not 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 a face-to-face fight, just uh, a clash, and he fractured his cheekbone. So it looks like uh, he's out till you know to about what, two or three weeks, and he'll probably return with one of those Phantom of the Opera masks. Uh, what a look that's going to be with his haircut, play <laughs> with a pineapple. A haircut should be quite good luck. Oh dear! <laughs> he, he just needs a cape, and then he'll be. And he'll set, be wearing his <laughs> wearing his uh, underwear on the outside of his shorts as well. Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe you know, maybe he'll be uh, the savior that we need uh, to get us out of the uh, the shizen if we uh, fail to win the next couple of games or so. James Chester, though, is back in training. And this is the thing. I think he's so far down the pecking order now that it's almost irrelevant. I mean, we've it, discussed before, of, haven't we? I think we both agreed it was his what fifth choice now probably yeah does he even make the bench maybe maybe not yeah personally obviously it's good for him to be back but yeah in the context of does it improve us i think it is pretty irrelevant it it makes us probably no better or no worse it's not he's not a you know pound for pound you're not bringing in a proven premier league you know superstar center back speaking of marvelous the uh, the codger destroyer nakamba do you think he's going to make the bench this time it's been a uh a slow burn getting him up to f- match fitness and obviously the crew game helped uh, a big bunch and uh, I think he's there now. So uh thing is, Lansbury's been impressing. So do you think Nakamba makes the bench at I least uh, against West Ham? I think he might start because Louise oh. has been away in Brazil, hasn't he? So I think if Smith's had, what, a yeah. full 10 days or so on the training ground with him, getting him accustomed to you know, the rest of the midfield, obviously McGinn won't have trained and Horahan won't, but if... Um, if Marvellous has had time on the training field and Louise hasn't been there, I think it might even be that Louise finds himself rested. You know, Lansbury should be reasonably fresh. Horahan put in a stint at left-back, I think it was. So whether or not he's going to be yeah. a starter or not, I don't know. But I, I, I would personally think he might be ahead of Louise to start. Well, I mean, if Marvellous, if he is the one that is promised, the uh, like Kante-type madman running around, uh, closing people down, then West Ham, uh, I mean, they're growing as an attacking force at the moment. And uh, I mean, they've, they've won the last uh, two games, uh, drew the one before that after getting thumped 5-0 by Manchester City. And uh, they do, I mean, they're very open at the back. Uh, obviously, they probably spent the international break working on the defence, but Villa will have to address their attacking threat and uh, that's where Marvellous may come in. And I think it's probably a good point. You know, it's a good call in terms of him starting in Louise, resting up uh, after his uh, uh, Brazilian trip. I think trips. with, you know, they've got the Arsenal game, you know, not soon after but and then they've got obviously Brighton close after that so I think they'll all be rotating a little bit 
over the next two, three weeks anyway. Yeah, Pellegrini, uh, I think he's potentially got a team that's, uh, I mean, I've, I kind of want West Ham to get relegated. Uh, Just because of the stadium? It, but, uh, I hate the fact that our tax dollars pay for their ground and they've done a piss poor job of it as well. Yeah, I did a bet uh, with a West Ham fan who's, well, he's, he's more of a friend of a friend. Uh, when we were in... We were in the Premier League. We one night we we went to some gig and we came back and we we got talking football and we had a bet, a single malt whiskey, oh, nice. a bottle of good single malt whiskey of who would finish the highest uh, in the the season to come. That <clears throat> was the season Villa got relegated. Oops, <laughs> I haven't seen him since. <laughs> so uh, that's one reason I wanted them to get relegated. So if I ever see this guy again, I can say, well, come on, you know, West Ham in the Championship. We'll call it, uh, you know, void. But anyway. Uh, what did Pellegrini say about Villa? He, he said they bought a lot of good players and they play an attacking style. I think they're doing well. They must adapt to the Premier League still, but they have a very good team and a manager that wants to play in an attacking way. I think if he's seen us, I think he'll he'll know uh, that we're potentially vulnerable on the counter because I mean his his team pretty sharp on the counter. Must 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 admit it's very easy to say nice things about Villa at the moment, isn't it? Are they they play nice football? They're well set up, but will he secretly be saying, Do you know what, we can hurt these? Yeah, of course he will. Yeah, I mean Villa have got a good record uh, against West Ham. Actually, I mean I shouldn't be saying this. Uh, obviously, in the last eighteen home games, these are stats that you've pulled up. Last eighteen home games against West Ham, only lost two. Uh, one in February 2014 when we lost 2-0 and then 2-1 defeat in 2006. So we've won eight, drawn eight, lost two. Uh, would you be, I mean, obviously we want to go for a win here. I mean, if we beat Everton and West Ham, and we actually did that in that Sherwood season. Yeah, it was just at the end we of the were, season, wasn't it? The 14, yeah, 14 straight. Yeah, we went 15. on that really good run in April with the obviously the semi-final and we beat West Ham, beat Everton. And I think, did we go to Spurs as well and won? We had some yes. really impressive wins in that run. Yeah, but we didn't manage to beat Spurs. No, we did not. Around. But the the similar coupler of beating Everton and West Ham uh, in successive home games would go down very well, actually. I mean, a point wouldn't be the end of the world, to be honest. It would be good to take something. Because at the moment, it's not panic stations. But if we lost another, another home game, then suddenly thinking, eh, this may be a long season. I think as well, with you know, you've got West Ham are one of those teams that you'd look at and go, well, you'd kind of hope you'd get a positive result, especially with Burnley to come, who you'd think the same about. And all of a sudden, you get a little bit of momentum in your home games. You know, with Arsenal to yeah. come, you know, another tough away trip. It can it, it would take a little bit of the pressure off going to the Emirates feeling that they have to get something. You know, they can treat away games like that as a bit of a bonus. Whereas I, I actually I actually think we can we can turn West Ham over. Yeah, I would be thinking that if it was on a Saturday, but the fact that it's on a Monday night, I mean our our Monday night form is is, is a shocker. I mean there's there's no other way to to describe it, I mean, having just won one of the last 16 Premier League games on a Monday night, drawing five, losing 10, and the one we did win, I mean, I always remember that game because it was the one we uh, we hammered Sunderland 6-1 in a, in a do-or-die clash in April. Um, that was a game where we really had to win and we turned up big style. But uh, yeah, I've been quite impressed by uh, Sebastian Haller. I mean, he's averaging a goal a game. He looks like a good signing, doesn't it? There's, there's been a lot of comparison with him and... Um... Wesley, it looks like West Ham, you know, relatively speaking, a a good quality European striker for 44 million. If he's going to score you goals, that's, I don't know, is it the going rate? It's probably still under what you'd expect to pay. You know, with some of the 
sums yeah. of money flying around at the moment. Because Frankfurt had a good season and it was, you know, largely down to his uh, goals. Yeah. I think they've, you know, they're just a tidy team, aren't they? They've got some good midfield players. I like Felipe Anderson. I think he's a really good player. Noble's solid in the middle. You know, if Wilshire turns upon his day, he can be a good player. Lanzini's a really good player. Obviously, you know, Robert Snodgrass returning to Villa Park, who you know, you'd imagine would get a a good reception, won't he? He's certainly started one of the four games so far, but he has come on as a sub in uh, two games as well. So we'll probably see him if he doesn't start at, at some stage, I would imagine. And yes, you're right, he would get a, a good reception. Unlike one Ryan Frederick. Yeah, I can't remember that. The, uh, the, st- that the, stamp. the stamp from the playoff final. Yeah, I can't remember I mean, that. I remember because we played him in pre-season straight afterwards, didn't we? And I remember he got a barrage of abuse then. In, in obviously, you know, yeah, I think the best guy because it was very tight to the touchlines where they were warming up and he got both barrels. Yeah, I think it's because I've just blocked that game out of Probably my mind. Probably for the best. <laughs> anyway, that was just a quick catch-up on various things. I mean, the one thing about West Ham Villa have decided is they're doing this uh, get there early, which is basically uh, an initiative to, I think they're reducing like beer prices, like 30 30 odd percent. Uh, I think it's only for the first 30 minutes when the concourse is open. So from half six to seven, you can get a, uh, I think like Amstel's like three quid rather than £4.50. And Purity's uh, reduced as well by a quid and a bit. I think I'll just do my usual get there before 15 minutes before kickoff though. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, you can't tempt me in with uh, cheaper beer. 30% off beer just, just doesn't work it for me. Especially when it's uh, £10 or whatever it is yeah. per pint in the first place. <laughs> and you have to queue for about an hour. But if you're in the area, I suppose... You're coming straight from work, is, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Uh, right, so we will be back next week with a proper show. We just wanted, because it's been a couple of weeks, we just wanted a quick catch-up on various uh, villa-related topics. Uh, we'll do a patron show... Uh, uh, about other related generals football stuff that may or may not relate to Villa. Please do uh, become a patron and support the show and because we will now be cranking uh, regular bonus episodes. Uh, go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the patron link to uh, check out the details there. Uh, please do follow the show on Spotify, iTunes and all the other apps that you may be listening to. And uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. My old man said. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.